Have you ever, uh, you know, like modular synths? Have you ever like, uh, like experienced someone playing with a modular synth? What is a modular synth? Oh, you're good to go. Synth. Oh, cool. Oh. A modular, yeah. uh, a modular synth yeah. is like one of those synths that has all the inputs that you put cables into mm-hmm. that um like change so you can like really dial in like frequency and like and like all this stuff and you can make crazy sounds. So like have you heard of End Times Festival? End Times no. Festival is just like a noise festival that happens for like three days over the weekend. It happened in the beginning of April at Silent Barn, but it's literally just people making like <laughs> like kind of noises you know for like like Merzbow yeah like Merzbow level 8 of my little underground I'm Peter A subscribe on Apple Podcasts Google Play Music Stitcher and tune in and of course on my website Peter A Radio US. My guest today is the drummer of Brooklyn band Weeping Icon, and she was a very important part of Silent Barn, which we'll talk about, and Northside Festival, Clock Tower, and many other projects. She's a superstar. Ladies and gentlemen, my conversation with Alani. I think that you're one of the hardest working ladies in Brooklyn. I definitely think so because you you're in Weeping Icon, you do War Cries, and we'll, we'll talk we we'll talk about that in a little bit. And the EP is called uh, Eyeball Under. If anybody hasn't heard it yet, please please listen to it. It is absolutely fantastic, and you're a big staple at Silent Barn, and you've been a part of about 500 shows. And tell me about the impact that it's had on you so far of the closing. Uh, the impact on me has been, it's felt strange, though it's something that I think needed to happen. Um, I think that the people that started, uh, so, you know, Silent Barn was a space for seven years and then that space um, got shut down and then this space was like uh, the newer, you know, kind of like bigger version of that. And I think what ended up happening was because it was just like a house show spot and wanting to bring that to a bigger spot and kind of like what that meant and how like the community was involved. It wasn't, I purposely didn't, I, I, I honestly think that it didn't actually um it it wasn't thought out or planned properly um in a way that um that made sense of the resources and all the it, it just wasn't the business model wasn't was flawed basically um in many different ways and um and because of that there were a lot of people that worked overtime and without any money and um, and kind of like, uh, and then we're working amongst all like 60 different people, with different ideas and different <laughs> thoughts about how things should be run. Um, and it, and I think it ended up, you know, uh, not like the people who started it were amazing. Everyone, you know, it's, it's an amazing project that has happened but I think for people that were working there for a really long time, parts of it actually were a bit exploitive of just, um, you know, of, of people's time and, and how much people could put into a project that, like, they actually didn't have much autonomy over. And it's, uh, I, you know, and, and I think it's cool doing something like that for like a short amount of time, like a house show spot or whatever, like those end up closing because like at some point there's like a huge burnout and you can just kind of close those spots because it was being funded by you living there anyway. And then, you know, uh, and doing things there and then someone else comes in and takes over. But when you have like a business that you're trying to like have projections for and you're trying to, uh, maintain and you know it's a lot more expensive it 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 ends up uh you know it's it's a different animal and then so for me just like I feel kind of relieved 
that it's gone and sad because it's it's such an amazing spot that I like was there for like you know five years um and calendar manager there for almost the exact amount of time and uh yeah and I just think but it it took up all my mental capacity it it basically it um and and uh there were times when I felt like I could and should leave but didn't want to because I was worried about what might happen to like the business model or like you know or you know because it's it's not that easy to just be like all right see ya I'm just gonna like go and you know um I think and yeah so uh it's yeah and I I think it's it's probably for the best that it didn't last uh much longer because there was no money there was no money in there and and everyone was pouring everything that they had into something that was that was running at a deficit and you can you could actually tell the silent bond story by filling in any other diy venue that is come and gone so where do you think this thing this diy community thing can go from here well, I do think that Silent Barn was different than a lot of the other spots because it really did have a focus on community. We actually like, um, which in in like a radical sense, like a very radical sense, like we never had, well, first of all, we never had any corporate sponsorships at all, ever. Like it, we were against it. So that's part of the reason why we were closing because a lot of places they're like, oh, uh, Jameson wants to give us, you know, uh, this amount of money to have a party. Like, let's do it. And like, Simon would be like, hell no, like, we're not doing that. Like, you know, they want us to put banners up or whatever. And it's like, um, so there was that aspect of it, um, which honestly was great. Like being able to not take money from a, like a corporation for five years and stay open and have shows. Um, secondly, uh, what was your sorry? What was your exact question again? No, I said where, just, do, where do we go from here? Oh, like, where what, we go? Next? Oh, okay, right. Mm-hmm. So, Silent Barn was different in in this aspect because um, we actually had people from the Bushwick community there, like doing things and working and uh, and like having their youth programs in there. And also, when we booked shows, we also were looking for a community or, and we had community shows first. Like we would never, um, we got to this point where we had a, a meeting this one day and we were just like, um, if a community show comes first on the calendar, we're not going to move it for something else, even if it's bigger, because, you know, a lot of venues will do that. They'll put like, um, you know, we'll, they'll do the hold process where you'll have like first hold, second hold. And like, you know, if the first holds, uh, is bigger or whatever, or sorry, if the, if one of the holds is bigger than the other, like has more people, they'll take that hold usually. Um, if it's going to bring more attendance there, um, which is something we didn't do, which is also why we're closing. Cause we just really wanted to make it a space that people could, um, could start out at. And it ended up being that. A lot of people played their first shows ever at Silent Barn. Like Mitski played like some of her like earliest shows at Silent Barn. Vagabond. Yeah, yeah, Charlie Bliss. Like all these like bands that are now, you know, giant. Like, you know. um, So, and yeah. and Didn't Speedy do their new album there? Speedy played there a, yeah. a bunch of times. Yep. Yeah. Like uh, a, a lot Speedy of, Ortiz, a lot I mean, of bands. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Speedy mm-hmm. Ortiz. Yeah. We all know you. So I don't know. I just, uh, it, it was different. It, it was definitely a, a place that put that specific, and it wasn't even the Silent Barn community. It was more just like, it was more uh, just community at <laughs> first. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of um, other venues I, I loved that were around, it was very um, their community, their exact community. Their, you know, a lot of the time the, their community was like very white community very white like very specific to like a genre kind of community um and you know and there's then that's a place for that 
Like, totally, that's fine. But, like, Silent Barn was never, wanted to never be that. So, um, you did know. Did artists from other states want to do a show there? And did you, like, put mm-hmm. them on hold for, like, a local act? Um, Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Because, honestly, um, but it wasn't, I mean, I tried to help as many touring acts as humanly possible. But if there was, like, a show from, you know, someone from the Bushwick native community that literally like have been living down the block for like you know 10 years with their family and their you know their kid had like wanted to have like a party or whatever like and that ended up um seeming more uh worthwhile to have i think because i mean to be honest with you touring bands coming in that uh you know, like there's many venues they can play at. Like you can literally like you can, you know, at this point as a touring band, like obviously if they want help, I'll help them trying to put them somewhere else. But, um, there's so many venues in New York city that, you know, you'd be like, Oh yeah, we're a band from Arkansas or whatever. Like, yeah, you have like some friends here, book a show with them, you know, maybe Alphaville probably will have it or whatever. But, you know, a local hip hop show from, you know, the person down the street, like are, is, are these places going to book it? Who knows? Like, I don't see it happening all the time. Like, I don't, I don't see them going out of their way to do that. So I felt like it was Silent Barn's responsibility to help them stay there and, and do that. So. As far as sustainability is concerned, did the, the Silent Barn mantra leave from let's just put on shows to pay for rent to something bigger so oh, let's make this profitable see that's the, yeah that's the thing is we were trying to be profitable but i mean and that would have been a good business plan <laughs> but no no one i mean honestly yeah we were running a deficit at a deficit for years um and it's because of that it's because we gave all our money to artists, literally gave all like most of the money to artists. Like we took very small door cuts, um, you know, and for years we didn't have like a proper bar. So we weren't making like money from that either. And I don't know, it, it basically, yeah, it always basically ran to be exactly what was made was going back into rent and bills and expenses and paying staff. Paying staff was a huge a huge um, thing for us. We just wanted to make sure that people were paid fairly for working, which is interesting because it like staff uh, paying paying like people who are actually working the shows like a decent wage because they were doing you know the the footwork. But yeah, it's interesting because the rest of the collective, the people that had been working for a long time, like some of them were working like almost full time ish jobs and not making that much money so i don't know it's interesting like the financial like like i was just saying like putting community shows first and doing all this stuff that literally makes no money because like you put on a community show and or like you have a community show and like they're like 18 year olds that show up because we're all ages and then no one drinks at the bar but you know but like they bring huge attendance and but then we don't you know, but it's like making decisions like that, making actual decisions to be like, okay, we're going to have this type of event here because they need it here, but like not really thinking enough about what that meant to do that. And honestly, I I do think that the only way at this point, I do really think that the only way to really do that properly is to be a not-for-profit, which you have to do from the very beginning. You can't, like, do it years in because uh, to get, like, the bigger grants that you need for operational costs, like, you only get after, like, four or five years of being a business. So, yeah, so that that was part of the problem is, like, in, in uh, looking back, that's something that I think Silent Burn should have done at the very, very beginning is become a not-for-profit. And then and then it would have made things so much easier to get grants and all this stuff for what we were trying to do, which is actually I think you need I need I think you need to be funded by the government and other 
organizations, I think, out, out, outside of what you're trying to do for that kind of work. Don't you think that keeping it simple, let's just do this so we can just cover what we need to cover, like rent, and then the rest can just kind of just come as time goes on. Do you think that will be the, the proper next step for like a DIY venue to, to sustain? Or maybe I'm just not seeing the big picture. I, uh, um, I mean, that was definitely the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and, and to be honest, there have been some setbacks of like rent, you know, because Silent Bar was a whole building that had like uh, people renting uh, like apartments upstairs and people renting studios in the back and all this stuff. And, you know, I mean, it, it takes people to collect rent and sometimes, and then what do you do if people don't pay rent and all that kind of stuff. So there was all this, there, there was some back rent that from people that was paid. And then there was, you know, there's just all these like things that you can't really foresee happening as like a business like that when you have a whole building and it's like it's just a lot to take on i would tell i would honestly i would tell an organization starting out not to start that big to be small if you're just trying to do one thing just do that one thing and try to make that work because when you have all these other different facets of things that you then have to control and 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 get money from somehow uh it 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 makes it a lot harder so keep it small and non-for-profit that's where we go right or or if you're i mean yeah i i do think that organizations can and should be funded by the government i do think that small diy spaces like should be funded somehow from from the arts you know uh, community board or whatever should look at them and be like, this spot is doing something that's important. Like let's help them out. Like they have money. There's money that they're, they're giving to people. They're giving them to like the, there's a space called the shed that just opened, I think in like the meat packing district or something in Manhattan. And they got like so much money. I don't remember exactly how much, so I don't want to say it, but they got so much money to do like artist residencies and like all this stuff from the government. And just like gave it to them, and um, you know, and and it, and they're doing what they can do with it, and that's great. But you know, it, it, and it makes me think that if they're able to like get that money and give it to an organization, like why can't they figure out how to help out smaller arts organizations that are happening, you know, and and help them stay open. I think it, you know, I think maybe that's where we're, hopefully where we're going is, you know, that's what I want to see this new nightlife mayor like help to do because there's money there and it should, it should be uh, supporting these organizations, you know. I mean, aren't you optimis- optimistic because look at Market Hotel. Didn't they go through the same thing? And now they're back up and running. Uh, Market Hotel had problems though, like yeah. liquor wise and all this kind of stuff. And it's run by Todd P. So, I don't know. I, I, I do think that Todd P is privileged enough to uh, be able to continue conversations. So, let's just put it that way. I, th- I think that, um, like, for, you know, like, Doing stuff like that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of lawyers and uh, and kind of being able to navigate the system in a way that, like, I don't know, maybe not a um, your average person wanting to open up a community spot really knows how to navigate. So I do think there's that. I mean, yeah, I think it's awesome Market Hotel is op- reopening, though. I think it's you know it's. A I think cool, it already did. It's a cool zone. Screaming females did a sold out show. Oh right, there. you're yeah. right. It did. It did open. Yeah. Yeah. Rolling Stone did a whole thing on right. the DIY stuff and the right, right, right. nightlife. Yeah, we're here. using it for a Northside festival, so I should have remembered that. <laughs> but yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. I want to talk about Northside, but mm-hmm. you know, last thing on Silent Barn. What was your favorite show that you attended, 
and also coordinated? Uh, so actually, one of my favorite shows was when I used to live upstairs at Silent Barn. Um, I remember the band Forma used to like play in our living room up there, which like now thinking about it is pretty hilarious and crazy. But um, yeah, we had like dance parties up there sometimes. Um, and yeah, like Forma played in my living room and that was amazing. They like, uh, so one of the guys from Forma is like a, um, a woodworker and like, uh, what do you call it? Like, a, I guess maybe, maybe like a carpenter type person anyway, like really handy. And like he, I had like this shelf that was like attached to the wall that like he would unscrew like with a, with a screw gun and then like re-screw in after like they played in in the apartment just to make more room you know like he would take the shelf down like set up in the area where the shelf was or whatever and then like after they were done just like put the shelf back up and he, he did it like a few times and I just always I just always thought that was like really funny but yeah I don't know if you don't know for I should check them out yeah yeah. I, I will definitely. Yeah, they're I do. I take your recommendations seriously. Oh yeah. Yes, because the last show I saw at Silent Barn was War Cries, your other group, and Sloppy Jane. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was Sloppy something Jane's else. Amazing. Did you hear the new album, Willow? I haven't listened to it yet, but I have to. It is so creative. Yes, yeah. you are. You're very behind, <laughs> very behind. on the stuff it's that you put together. Stuff. The stuff that you put me onto, you're behind on. I which know. Is, which I is, know. Which is crazy. I know. And that's always how it works, though. You're yeah. Like, you know, you get other people interested, and then they're like, ooh, wait, I'm going to follow up. I was like, that's this. right. I did tell you about that one. That <laughs> I one did group. tell you about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the other show, I think you booked. I don't know if you booked. It was Fruit and Flowers, Beach Creeps, Bambara. Did you book that one? I did I book that? Or it might have been someone else that booked it that I helped book it. So you were I'm part of it somehow. Yeah, I mean, I I was a part of. That's the thing is like I, I was loosely there. a part of like yeah. of like a billion shows there because you know people would come to me and they'd be like, oh, here's like I want to set up a show with these like two acts or whatever, and I'll be like, oh, like what about this act also on it or something? So I'd like throw a band on or I'd, or give them ideas, you know, if like who to ask or like whatever. I think your so, sister like, was not there. Nec- yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah we, I was definitely. talking to your sister a lot. I think she was. I think um, I was there too. You it might sounds have. really familiar. Yeah. But um, yeah. I think she was running sound. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, she worked sound there all the time. Yeah, it was a, that was a great night. That was that was so much fun. And I saw my first Weeping Icon show at Silent Barn like two years ago. <laughs> it was something else. Loved it. You know how much I yeah. love I love you girls. You guys are Aww. awesome. So Northside Festival, right? Uh-huh. So can you tell me what? is Northside. I have an idea of what it is. I just uh-huh. want people to understand what right. so you actually do. Northside mm-hmm. is yeah. a um, a festival that spans maybe 20 venues, 25, I don't know. It's only 20 it always venues, depends. yeah. <laughs> it always depends, honestly. Like, we try to keep it down to, like, a certain amount of venues and then, like, you know, people are like, hey, I want to set up a show here or something. We're like, I guess it's kind of close to where the other ones are. So sure, like add it on, you know. So like it, it ends up expanding. And actually this year we're doing shows at Transpicos. Yeah. So we never go into Queens because it's a Brooklyn festival. But this year we are for some reason, which is cool. So there'll be like a few shows there. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's – and then there's usually, you know – some of those venues are used for like the like kind of bigger acts like Liz Fair is playing at um, National Sawdust, which will be really crazy. Um, and uh, Bearcat, who I really like, and Jana, Jana Rush, uh, they're both like kind of uh, electronic like uh, artists, techno. I don't know. I don't know really how to explain their music at all. But they're playing at like Secret Project Robot, you know. They're like bigger acts, playing smaller venues, and I don't know. Yeah, so it's kind of just like a multifaceted, uh, like, sh- uh, festival that 
kind of is like South by Southwest in a way, but yeah, but but different. All the chaos is kind of contained right within different venues. Exactly. At South by, from what I understand, it's like everybody's out in the streets yeah. and everything is happening at the same time. It's just kind of chaotic. But Northside, something at the time, the last time I was there, it was something going on at Shea Stadium, something going on at House of Vans, something else happening at Alphaville. Oh, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah. so much, it's so much fun, but it's, it's tiresome. So yeah. I know you're always, I remember I saw you two years ago there. You were exhausted. You had like no time to talk to me, but you took the time to do so. So what is your job? Yeah, you did. <laughs> you probably were like just thinking about something else. Like, oh, oh I'm yeah. starving. Why does this guy have a microphone oh, in my yeah, face? Yeah. You know? Wait, you had a microphone in my face at some yeah. point last year? Oh, man, I'm sorry. It was like two years ago. We were oh, talking. Okay. We had a great conversation, but you were just, you yeah. really were, you had a well, lot of plate. Well, during the festival... Okay, well, I'll start off, I guess, with what I do. So I'm the showcase coordinator for Northside Festival. Mm. So I, my job is to coordinate all the label, uh, um, sorry, all the label showcases. I coordinate all the, like, uh, promoter showcases, too. Not all of them. You know, I just f- help facilitate all of, a lot of these. And also, I mean, there's three of us that work on booking the whole festival, um, so my, um, colleague, uh, Jeff, um, he like does, helps a lot with like label showcases too and bringing them like to bigger spots. Like, um, you know, like last year, Sacred Bones did like a big thing at, um, at Brooklyn Night Bazaar or Brooklyn Bazaar, it's not Night Bazaar anymore, Brooklyn Bazaar. Um, and yeah, so he'll do like s- stuff like that too. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my job there. Um, and yeah, so basically I kind of curate the labels that I like and promoters and have them like do shows. So like, as I was telling you earlier, like, um, Young Main, Casey Kirkland is like one of my favorite promoters in New York. Um, I've actually never met her in real life, but we've like spoken quite a bunch, but I, I just really like her like curation style and what she puts together. Um, she'll like do shows that have like hip hop that are also have like, um, metal bands and like punk and like noise bands playing with like, you know, like noisy hip hop techno kind of stuff sometimes i don't know she like kind of mixes all the stuff that when you see it on a bill and you actually go to the shows like it makes a lot of sense that it's together and it's but it's all like different but it's like i don't know it's it she's really good with like kind of curating in that in that way so yeah she's someone i'm really excited about who's doing a show this year um there's uh nna tapes that like has like um, acts like Leah Bertucci and Tradici Bacci and um, all these like kind of acts that are experimental, like experimental um, sound and noise kind of stuff. So they're doing like a two day uh, show case, like one at two different spots this year. And they're a great label. Um, Sleepies is doing their 10 year anniversary show during Northside um, at uh, Secret Project Robot. They've been a band for 10 years. Parlor Walls is going to play on that. And uh, I forget who else, but yeah. So I don't know. There's just like all these different shows that are happening everywhere. Do you book some of the shows, the actual? Uh, Sometimes. Like towards the very end, I end up booking the shows. But I end up like I'm mainly facilitating, Mm -hmm. which is what I am an expert now at doing. After Silent Burn. So what does that entail? <laughs> like, what do you facilitate? I, yeah, I reach out to labels and I'm like, mm. hey, do you want to do a showcase? Mm. You know? So I'm like, I'll find labels that I like, mm. which I, I like a lot of labels. Yes. Uh, and here. showcases and, and, um, and promoters. Um, or they'll reach out to me. And, uh, and then, yeah, I help them set up a showcase so they can showcase their artists they've been working with. So the um, label will put together the actual bill of artists. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. But towards the end, I end up booking some stuff because I also have to pick people from Sonic Bids. What um, is that? So Sonic Bids is a program. It's like this 
um, online application process for festivals that like musicians can like apply to like play different things. Um, and then I pick, I have to pick 20 of them. So this year I had to listen to 340 Sonic Bid submissions and pick 20, which I did. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's something else I do. But then I end up booking shows for them. So then I'll like, um, put them at, um, I'm having, I'm booking a show with some of these people, at much more um, maybe Rose Gold, Pete's Candy Store. Um, yeah, so I do that. And then towards the end, when I'm, like, really filling spots, I'll, like, you know, some local bands have reached out to me and they're like, hey, you can throw me on something. And, like, towards, just towards the very end, I can, like, kind of throw a few in there and whatever. Um, I also, when promoters are, because there's also promoter showcases, like I said, so I'll send them ideas to, like, Max Can. You know Max Can. Yeah, ears to feed. Ears to feed. He's yeah. a homie, man. Yeah, he's he's doing like a show um, on uh, on June seventh at Secret Project Robot, where he has he like is bringing Cold Beat from like San Francisco. I love that band. And I'm like, how did you get them? But like, I you know I'll throw him like some ideas or whatever. I'll be like, oh, this band reached out to me, or like you know or. Well, he already had Bambara, but then Bambara like reached out to me asking for a show, and I was like, "Wait, I think Max is putting on a show." But anyway, yeah, stuff I ran like into that. him at Court Square. Who I Max? Was, yeah, yeah, I was. I think I, I was Max. walking towards the E, and he. I think he got off the E to go the other way, and we just kind of rapped for a minute. And he's the man. Yeah, you know, it's cool to find other people that like the the noisy music you like. You know, we'll sit there and talk about Mets and the Place Bear Strangers for like. 20 minutes like oh man i gotta catch my train you know shout out to max he's he's the man shout out to max yes and he is a very amazing person i love i love max so much and like we definitely like the very similar music which is nice because uh, yeah like you're saying we just we just like wrap off about just all you know be talking to him be like oh did you hear this like he does the same thing you do you know like oh did you hear this thing and i'm like oh, i haven't listened to it yet uh. yeah yeah i saw him at the met show at music hall with uniform and bambara wow that was yeah that i was wish crazy. i could have gone it was so crazy yeah unbelievable uniform have you seen them live before yes i love uniform actually what? ben greenberg from uniform yes. is going to be recording weeping icon at the end of the month okay but Okay. So yeah. All right. Sound like that's that. That's gonna hopefully. be something. That's <laughs> gonna be something because uniform. Those guys get busy. I saw yeah. dude break the microphone stand and just keep keep going. Just forget about. It. Just keep going. And it, it like it wasn't even like it was a fault or an error. It was just like okay, that's just part of the show. Let's just you know see what happens next. And that was that was a wild ride. It was crazy. So as far as Northside is concerned, what is the most stressful thing and the most fulfilling aspect of your, of your job? Um, I would say the most stressful, <laughs> well, there's a few stressful things, stressful elements, but I love the two people that I work with a lot. Like my two, the two other people that like program music, they're like the best and I could not be fucking happier. Sorry. So fucking. Sorry, no, you can curse. I could not be. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. I forgot to tell you. <laughs> okay. Because like, okay. we're just talking. You yeah, know? That's yeah, all yeah. It is. I could not be happier um, working with them. They're they're amazing. Um, you know, the organization itself has like has had some problems like funding recently, so that's been really stressful. It's been really stressful for um, my boss. Um, you know, one of the other programmer people. Um, so I really feel for her. She's been super stressed out about it all. Um, but other than that, I really, honestly, it's, it's kind of like really fun for me to do this work. It's like, I enjoy it, which, you know, is funny to say out loud, you know, cause it's like, you don't really enjoy that many. I don't really enjoy that many things that I have to do for work. So, like, the fact that I enjoy what I'm doing for work, I'm like, oh, my God, I have to, like, keep doing this or just, I don't know. Um, so I actually like it. I mean, the festival itself gets a little stressful because, like, during the festival, I have to run around. And basically, sometimes we give showcases money 
And so I have to run around and like deliver the money to everybody. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I'm running around. That. Yeah. When I went to go see you at, um, out, Al- not Alphaville, um, Sunnyvale. And you were like, hold on one second. I have to give somebody their money. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, that was quite a day. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, I wish like I can be kind of like you in that regard. Like you can be so reserved when you have a lot of stuff on your plate. Maybe you were hiding something, but you just kind of handled the uh, stress very, very well. Well, I think, I, honestly, I think that's why people hire me to do stuff like that. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't really like freak out about stuff that I'm working on. I kind of just try to handle it as best as I can and then be like, sorry, that's just, you know? I mean, that's the whole thing about like production and doing events is like shit, like shit goes wrong, you know? Shit and you just, and it, and it happens and it goes wrong all the time, you know? That you just, it's about how, how much you plan in advance for things to go wrong is a huge thing and then how when something goes wrong how immediately you try or you can fix it or like how you can fix it um is really important and just like just fixing it the best you can you know you're gonna disappoint people no matter what but you know (laughs) yeah but i remember you actually our first meeting right our first ever interview you were with Advaita at the time and we went out for pizza because I just loved hanging out with you girls so much. It was so entertaining. I didn't want the day to end. It was just like, I've never experienced that in my life. All of that people, energy. Yeah. No. Like, it was it was crazy. And we were online to get pizza. And I think you wanted some water, right? And then um, you had to pay for it. But then you told the guy that was, you know, behind the, the counter that in New York City, like, you have to have free water i didn't know that and the guy working didn't know that either oh, I'm yeah. like, oh my god because he was like, trying to charge is... me like a dollar or something yeah. for like tap water i'm mm-hmm. like get out of here i'm not paying you for your tap water get mm-hmm. out i learned a lot that day I, I had no idea that was a thing like okay so i can just get free water in new york city like that like for uh, real? yeah you can mm-hmm. it's like a law that mm-hmm. you i mean also like i don't know yeah why the hell are you paying like why the hell are you trying to charge people for water yeah but you didn't get angry you were just like firm you're just very firm (laughs) in your beliefs you know what i mean but you still come at it like very calm and relaxed you know what i mean Uh, yeah i feel like now i would probably get angry at that (laughs) (laughs) like if that were to happen today i'd be like get out of here yeah leaving right now (laughs) absolutely So if somebody wanted to go to Northside just to go, like, what do you think they'll get out of that experience? Uh, well, you will see, like, you can see 200 plus bands. <laughs> um, and Bandcamp uh, comes to life. I mean, kind of honestly, there's just so much, like, um, you know that and so many acts that like are really good that like you know might not all play uh because you know in new york like people want to like not play as often or whatever like but that you know obviously there are some bands that play all the time but then there's some bands that like you know they'll just like play shows here and there whatever but then those acts will play like their label showcase because they love their label and they're like, yeah, we got to give back to our label. Also they'll play like their label showcase. So you'll see like a lot of acts that, um, you know, might not play as often, um, playing during this time. Um, a lot of them kind of travel a lot and play like bigger festivals and all that kind of stuff. And you can see them in like a smaller venue. So that's cool. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's just, you know, you can you can get a badge. Uh, badges are 75, I think. But, like, if you think about how many shows you could see for 75 bucks, it's actually a pretty good deal. Because, you know, some of the shows are, like, you know, 17 bucks at the door. Like, Piss Jeans is playing a show. Wow. Um, with Yvette. Wow. And, uh, you, right? Aren't you on that bill? No, I wish. <laughs> no, Goonsacks, I think, from like Australia or something are added on that. 
I don't know. That should be really cool. But like, for example, that show itself, I think it is like 17 bucks at the door. So, you know, that's already like a quarter of 75 bucks or not a quarter, but you know, can't do math. But anyway, so like if you have a badge, you can like, the idea is that you can go to like all, like as many shows as you want, um, which is cool. And yeah. And help support the festival and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love Northside. See all this stuff, you know. I saw Childbirth there, cool. and they're from Seattle. Oh, they don't yeah, come to yeah, New York yeah. like that at all. Right. And they're so awesome. I met uh, I Julia. Them. I got to interview them. Oh, cool. It was awesome. They are so nice. That's so cool. I met Bree from Taco Cat, who also plays mm-hmm. in that group. Oh, my God. Cool. Love them. They're That's so awesome. good. And um, are you involved with Out in the Streets at all? Did you ever do that? No, I was never part of that. But, yeah, they're cool. I don't really know much about them, though. That's my favorite festival thing in New York City. It's amazing. Because you really see New York come out. Like the bands from New York actually just play out. It's awesome. And people from Mm -hmm. elsewhere. I think Gorilla Toss played. Out in the streets. Is that the... Which... When does that happen? July. July. Like a Saturday and a Sunday Mm -hmm. in July. Cool. They had it... When I went in 2016, it was at the Honor Dog House. In I think that's Ridgewood. Yeah. Oh, okay, I remember that festival. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that yeah. happened at Honor Dunk House, right? It was yeah. just like two days there or something. Yeah. And then cool. last year it was at the Well. Cool. The Place Space Strangers did it. Cool. cool, um, cool. Yeah, it was it was really cool. So cool. T- tell me about um, Clock Tower, because I know you guys do radio, <laughs> but that's probably one of the many things you do. Yeah. So I, I want to understand what it is. You know. Yeah. So well, Clock Tower is an organization that was started by Alana Heist. She also founded PS1. So this is like her um, project, like I guess a side project. It's like art um, art radio, basically. Um, but they also, so Clock Tower also um, uh, puts out media. Um, basically, it's like a platform for like media, like art media, basically, and radio. So if I wanted to show a clock tower, I can do it. Yes. Okay. You would have to apply, mm-hmm. but yes. Um, but so how do I put this? Um, clock tower. Uh, after the last event that happened in uh, interference AV at the at the movie theater that I that I put on, um, I think that might be the last event that happens so i'm not really working with them anymore mm-hmm. the last clock tower or the last interfer- interference av last movie theater? clock tower um okay. event okay. at least for this moment in time mm-hmm. um why is that uh i think it's um you know various reasons i'm not trying to say that like nothing might never happen again but it's just like uh at this moment there's no momentum to do events um the staff is very limited the program director left um and he's working on something else now um yeah so there won't really be i won't be working on clock tower anymore um it'll still exist because like it's alana's project and she'll do whatever um she feels like she wants to do with the name so that'll be that but yeah, but it's a cool, it was a cool thing. It was like a really fun place to do stuff for, for sure. Um, so let's talk about Interference AV and the mm-hmm. Times Square Arts collaboration at um, AMC in Times Square. So you put together the whole thing. You invite every band that was on that bill, you put that together. Mm-hmm. That's all the video artists. Too. Fantastic. That is so <laughs> cool. So um, I think you guys should do that more often, I think, because it was really a unique experience seeing a band in a movie theater. Like Screaming Females did it two years ago, but I was a part of a mm. Primal Scream. Was that part of Times Square Arts? or It was also. Okay. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a, like the first one of the series, I guess, but um, I didn't book that one. I booked the last one. So did you like talk to the movie theater and say, hey, we're going to put a show here and we're going to set up zines in the lobby? Yeah. Was it so, that easy? or? Uh, no, it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, well, so Times Square Arts, their whole mission is to bring public art to Times Square. 
Um, and they, you know, they're, uh, they get grants, I guess, from the, you know, to do that kind of thing there. Um, it's like a part of this like city programming. Yeah. Um, so they were the one ones that spoke to the theater about doing it. Um, and then they brought clock tower on as like a partner, um, to like do the curation. Um, and then since I was the only one kind of like actively with like the active um, ability to do anything from Clock Tower's end, I ended up curating the whole thing, which is cool. It was great. It was an amazing opportunity. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. Um, so Clock Tower asks the bands to come play or you exactly. as Lonnie? Clock Tower. Okay. Clock Tower did. Mm-hmm. But it was me. You know what I mean? It yeah, was like, yeah. It was all me, like the entire the entire thing I booked. Um, and came up with all the ideas myself, basically. I mean, I wouldn't say no, not myself. Like obviously I like spoke to the I spoke to the video artist, um, Peter Burr, one of the video artists that we that we got. Um, we like kind of went back and forth about like artists and, you know, musicians and all that kind of stuff. Um but yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I ended up I ended up booking what I ended up booking, <laughs> or what I thought about booking. So yeah, those are like um, probably your dream bills because you two years ago you had screaming females and priests. You put that together too, right? I didn't book that. Okay, no. All right, but this year but you yeah. had irreversible entanglements, Ugh, so lightning good. bolts, sunra. Oh my god, that's it was unreal. It was amazing. Would you consider doing something like that, like on your own volition? Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually, um, I mean, you know, it brings, if I had funding, for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, I, you know, there might, like, it is possible that I could, that Times Square, if they wanted to do it again, could just hire me to do it. Um, but we'll see. But in terms of me doing it, Else, like somewhere else where I can afford it because you know renting out a the theater is really expensive so I don't know if th- I could do that uh without Times Square um but you know uh like I've been talking about other spaces to do it something like that at um there's a space called public arts that's cool that I've been like thinking about doing stuff so yeah I, I would love to do it again my, uh, I'm now very into video art, so then like researching all these artists and stuff. There's a big world out there of video artists. You're gonna take those ideas and put it into Weeping Icon. Yeah, that's the plan. Yes. And you have <laughs> a couple, yeah, in what channel in one place. I know you have Hopefully. a few shows lined up for Weeping Icon. You're at the Bazaar and yeah. Alphaville. No, we're no. not playing Alphaville. No. We um so. At the end of this month, we're playing at um, Brooklyn Bazaar uh, with Sonnet, Sonnet, uh, Cloakroom. Cloakroom, wow. And um, and uh, Self-Defense Family. Mm. Um, so that should be really interesting. Uh, but cool. I think it should be fun. Um, we're doing two dates with Sonnet and, um, and Self-Defense Family. We were playing in Boston with them the night before. Um, that's May 30th and 31st. And then we just accepted a show in late June. Um, we're playing on the rooftop of, uh, Our Wicked Lady. Again? Yeah, we're going to play. Sweet. Yeah. So K9 Records, which is the record label yes. that we're Yes, love K9. Yeah. So he's having like a rooftop party show that we're going to play. The K9 parties are always great. Yeah, I went to the one, the holiday thing at Alphaville. Oh yeah, soccer mommy, I know. dirty She's dishes. Huge now. Oh yeah, and yeah. I think it was you. We yeah. back on, yeah. yeah, great show, amazing show. Yeah. Who else is playing that rooftop show? Uh, it's undetermined yet, but okay. probably some sorts of canine bands. Or yeah, whatever. hopefully hockey so. dad. Hopefully, yeah, let's see. Uh, Agent Blue yeah. or Blue? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. You know that Blue? group? Mm-mm. Oh, a canine? Yeah, that's funny. I yeah. don't even know who they are. Canine, the canine roster is uh, it's massive. Else. Yeah, yeah. They put out own. like the first Weaves? Surfer Blood album, yeah. like years ago. That was huge. Chairlift. 
about chair 10 years lift, ago. Yeah. 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 They've had a lot of, a lot of backs. You're recording a new LP with Weeping? We are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're in the middle of writing it right now. So we're actually, we have practice tonight that we're wearing. Yeah. 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 It's going to be awesome. We're writing. We're, we're writing a lot. So, so as far as um, Eyeball Under, where are you going to go from there creatively? What kind of new ideas are you kind of testing? Well, it's if funny at all. because, well, it's, it's funny because everyone's like, oh, like this LP that you wrote is like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that was supposed to be demos, honestly. <laughs> really? They were the, well, okay. In my, maybe not demos, but like they were the first songs we ever wrote as a band. Jail Bells is the first song we wrote ever. So it's like, you know, basically, um, you know, I, I, as a band, I do think like, um, you know, your first thing that you put out there, basically I just wanted it out so people would be like, so we could play sh- more shows, if that makes more sense. Because it's like, unless you have music out, like people don't really know what you sound like or whatever. So I'm like, oh, let's like, let's record like a, like a quick demo or whatever, put it on a tape. And then, you know, and then uh, basically that was the plan. And then we, you know, um, Leo was like at every one of our shows back then and was like, send it to me. And we're like, okay, we'll send it to you. But like, you know, our minds were like, yeah, let's put it out on a tape with somebody, you know, like really quick and easy. And then, you know, both Leo and Trevor were like, no, we're going to put this on a vinyl and like do the whole thing. And then it ended up being a thing. Um, but it, you know, honestly it was just like the first stuff. So basically anywhere we go from there is growing because that was just the first stuff we got out, you know? So angles part of those early. No, um, under sessions. No, it wasn't. Mm. So that was recorded, uh, um, Kutch One Studios, which is in Greenpoint or something, and um, a trip from Wharfcat, he uh, got that studio for the whole, like everyone recorded songs for the for the ACLU there, the ACLU compilation there. Yes. I've heard some of that. Yeah. It's, it's really awesome. Yeah. He, Wharfcat's amazing. They have such an amazing roster. They have like, Wall. They had Wall. Mm-hmm. Bombara. Public still practice, there? though. Yes. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen them oh, yet. Oh, they're a really good band. I heard uh, a demo. It was it was solid, but it's a demo, so you can't really Live, like, though, gauge. It's like very polished. Because Sam York is just like yeah, she is fantastic. I know, so good. Love her. Love that. I can't wait to you know see what she's gonna put together with Public Practice and of course Wharf Cash. Yeah, I mean Beverly is half of that band. Half it's half. Public- it's half Wall, half Beverly. Really? Yeah. Drew from uh, from Beverly plays in public practice, and Scott too was playing drums when I saw them. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, two bands that I love. So yeah, much. it's like a super group for sure. Yeah, I mean one of the last I think the yeah the last Wall show I saw was at Babies with Beverly, and that was wild. Mm-hmm. Wall was incredible. Yeah, so I'm so. Excited that Sam is back it's really doing good. other projects. It's really they're gonna be big. Yes, for sure, absolutely. So your other project, um, War Cries, it now has a new moniker. Now is it's that called right? Viv now. Viv, like yeah. a V. V I V. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. used to call a Viv Avi Aviv for a while. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I would go <laughs> on the radio funny. and say Aviv, but it's Aviv. yeah. Yeah. Aviv. Okay. Yeah. Why the name change? Um. Well, the main reason is I just didn't want a name that when you Google it, the first thing that comes up is a Native American. Mm, true. So, you know, just being a band of all, like, white people. <laughs> to put it lightly. Yeah. To put it lightly. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't, you know, um, I don't know. I thought... Uh, you know, it, it, the imagery that came with War Cries was uh, not mine. So that's the main reason why. And then, yeah. What's Viv? What is that? Viv, it's like your grandma 
It's like a, it's like, yeah, it's like Aunt Viv, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, but it's also like, I see it as like, um, like V I V is kind of like numeral, uh, Roman numerals kind of, oh. but like not really because that doesn't mean anything in Roman numerals because yeah. it's, it's always like the bigger, I could picture first. like the t-shirt. Yeah. Right. But like, I like how it looks on like, uh, you know, like written down and I think it's like, it fits us more in like a psychedelic kind of like psychedelic harder. We were very like harder psychedelic pop kind of. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I felt, uh, it, it fits. Yeah. And, um, my friend did the, the cover of the record. It's a full record. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's out there. They're not so demos, you, or they're like. Oh no, this is a full record. Oh. Oh sweat. yeah, that I've been sitting on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, I've been bothering you about it for about three no, years. No, no, I know. I have to send it to you. I have yeah. to send it to a lot of people, to be honest with you. Like that's basically where I'm at right now. It's like, okay, we have this whole thing. We have pictures. We have an album cover. It's up on SoundCloud. Private. What? It's private. Oh, okay. It's privately up on SoundCloud. Like everything's there. I just have to like physically be like, hey. Here's this record. What's up? Yeah. So when is that coming out? Doing that. We'll see. You don't know yet. No, no. I've been shopping. It. You've been shopping it. To, <laughs> I'm trying. Basically, mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is that I want to shop it around now. Yeah. But yeah. Why not Canine or uh, Fire yeah, Maybe I'll send it. Yeah, I'll send it and see. You know, um, we might just end up putting it on tape ourselves. You know, kind of like nothing wrong with self-release. Key, just yeah. kind of like, hey, here's it. You know, here, here's this thing we did. Um. Yeah. So, how's the Weeping Icon doing on streaming services? Do you have a gauge of how many people listened or downloaded? Uh, it doesn't seem like that many people are listening. <laughs> like it's probably just me, like a bunch of times. Go, no, I don't, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, yeah, we're not like, you know. Hopefully, our next record will have bigger. Uh, listener. Well, I guess a lot of people have listened on on Bandcamp. Bandcamp's cooler anyway. Because the money fuck goes straight Spotify. to you. <laughs> I use titles. So. I'm just gonna say it. Fuck Spotify. Um, no, but I listen to Spotify too. But it it's like, I don't know. Bandcamp is like a way better way to listen to music. I think if only they had a, like a good player. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's not yeah. accessible because yeah. it's just meant to stream, just right. to listen to, and then you just buy the album, right? And then that's it, right? They you have to I mean? they have to incorporate a good player into Bandcamp. Because I would subscribe to Bandcamp. Oh yeah, I would pay ten dollars a month to listen to Bandcamp. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean like it's amazing. Like I don't know. I think that they're like the platform is really nice. It's really it looks really great. Like Bandcamp is a really cool website. I think it's really awesome. Um, much rather like have people listening on that anyway than spotify you know so i know you're involved with so many things how much is too much (laughs) it's all ending though like i said (laughs) pretty much like at the end of june i'm gonna be unemployed and um, oh great yeah i'm gonna be unemployed looking for a job sort of and uh make music you could be, you know, be a rock star because <laughs> that being a rock star is very lucrative right. these days. Right. Well, I just want to, I want to create stuff. Yeah. I, I'm going to take a mental break. Oh, you I need think. it. Yeah. You I think I'm going to take a mental break. I mean, obviously I need to make money. So, you know, see what happens. You know, apply to things. Do you like some projects? Hopefully. Yeah. I like project based work. So. You yeah. can flash a nice little hunter. SUNY Hunter degree. I don't have you know? that anymore. <laughs> I don't have my Hunter College uh, thing. Wait, Why? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't have it anymore. You, mean you don't know. have I it anymore. I lost it. You lost, lost your physical degree? Oh, the degree. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were talking <laughs> about my ID. Oh. I was like, wait, I can get into all the museums with that if I still had it. Oh, right, right. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Do something else. I, I just haven't, like put myself out there to do anything else basically because i'm kind of just riding on things ending yeah lonnie this has been amazing yeah i always love talking to you and i hope you come on again because now you're unemployed yeah which is right. awesome. i'll be here all the time yeah, yeah, yeah. just uh, i'll interview some other people for you. absolutely <laughs> and this has been level eight of my little underground i'm peter a please subscribe on google play music apple music 
Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course on my website, PeterARadio.us. All right, peace out.